It's Navigating Neva. Neva Nicole here. Today is not an episode. It's a special. We have International Water Safety Day, and I've got a guest speaker for you guys. It's our first interview podcast. So I'm still sharing with you guys what's near and dear to my heart, what's going to keep you guys safe around the water, what I constantly think about, and that is to have no drownings. I want you safe. I want everybody safe. Um, I'm an aquatic professional with 20 plus years in my industry, from sitting on the lifeguard stands to lifeguarding, to teaching lifeguarding classes, to standing on the deck. Um, This is what I've learned from my time, and I'm going to share it with you guys. Of course, there's no reinventing the wheel. I'm just sharing what I've learned, and I'm sharing it with you guys. Um, Remember, we want a zero drowning summer. We want you to be safe, and we want everybody to be safe to have a happy and healthy and safe summer. So today we've got Todd Thompson with us. Todd, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, Yes, ma'am. I am a 19 year uh, career firefighter with Glenn County Fire Rescue. I was a volunteer fireman for five years. I also did about six years of lifeguarding um, beaches and pools. Uh, I also own CrossFit Grid which is a physical fitness gym. And then with my 19 years with the Glen County Fire Rescue, I've been with Water Rescue for approximately, I think we've had it for about 10 years. Um, and just to cover all the beaches and the waters of the Golden Isles on St. Simons. So just before I go into the Water Safety Day, what made you get into the Water Rescue side of your job? Uh, as far as um, that, we... Being a fireman, we get called to everything. And uh, about three or four years into my fire service, uh, we would get called to the beach for rescues off season, as in not when the lifeguards were on duty. And we really didn't have a lot of uh, equipment or training to do any of the rescues that needed to be done. So I really tried to uh, implement that program with our department. And over the years, we've gotten more support and more support. Water rescue uh, team was created. And then, um, you know, we ended up getting some training as well as some tools, uh, rescue boat and things of that nature to uh, help out anytime we got called to the beaches. All right. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit more about International Water Safety Day, and that might explain why I asked Todd to be our guest for today. Um, International Water Safety Day is designed to help spread global awareness of the ongoing pandemic and to educate the youth in becoming safer in and around the water. May 15th is a day to spread drowning awareness and water education in many possible ways. The lack of water education has propelled drownings nationwide. And you guys can find out more about International Water Safety Day if you go to internationalwatersafetyday.org. This is one of the many things that I've known about in my career for a long time. They give out free things such as stickers. That's actually how I remember it about the day. Um, So wherever you live, you can go to this website and they've got free material and curriculum so that you can teach anybody. You can teach teens, middle schoolers, elementary school, um, and you can register your events. But I brought Todd on because in our area, we live in the Golden Isles and we have a beach Um, And lots of people come here from our surrounding counties and our beach is a little different from normal beaches. We've got sandbars and it makes it very shallow um, and it makes it very inviting. But Todd, can you tell us a little bit more why that's not actually a safe 
outlet for everybody? Sure. Uh, so our beach is much different than a lot of the uh, beaches that you think. Most of the beaches you think of, uh, which would be like Florida or north from here, or maybe even the West Coast, um, the beaches are long and straight and all of the water comes straight into the beaches. Uh, for our area, we're actually pretty far inland. So we have three river mouths that all dump into the ocean. And around those river mouths, you have a lot of water that, that moves in different currents. We also have a tide here that runs about eight feet every six hours. And so that means that at mid-tide, your water's coming in, right, moving in up the river. And then it gets to high tide, which means that all the water is in and the tide is up, let's just say eight feet. That's about the, the average. And then for the next six hours, the water is going to be moving offshore. And so that, that tidal current that runs in and out also pushes a lot of the sand, creates eddies, and deposits sand in different areas, uh, inshore, uh, pretty close to the, the beaches. So it creates sort of a secondary beach. And then at low tide, when there's eight feet less water, you've got these sandbars that are created, which are dry, which looks when people come in town, looks like that's where the beach is, actually is. So they go out there, walk around, the tide will change. Two or three hours later, you'll have three to four feet of water. And sometimes those that water will come in and it'll cover the channel, which is a lower portion of the beach. And then they won't notice. And all of a sudden there's four feet of water and they're out there with all their kids, not planning on swimming back. Uh, and that water's rushing pretty fast, faster than you could swim. And that's when they usually get in trouble. What happens if you're caught in one? What's the best thing you should do? Well, the best thing you can do is uh, teach your kids how to swim. <laughs> and that could start at about six months, nine months old. Uh, the earlier you start teaching your kids how to swim, the safer they are. You, you can never prepare yourself uh, for something along those lines. Um, best thing to do, though, is, uh, is education, knowing your area. And I know that that's tough. Uh, you come to an area from out of town. You're sort of wowed by the... Uh, you know, the, the beauty of it, um, you know, you, it's hard to, to look at all the signs. It's hard to read everything when you're, you're packing in all of your, your beach stuff and you're in, you're in charge of loading and you just want to get out there and play. Um, first thing you could probably do is, is go to any lifeguard or any public uh, safety officer or police officers or anybody that you see in the area and get information. Um, if you happen to find yourself in a bad situation like that, you're just going to have to know what the tide is doing, uh, look at the direction of the water, um, plan your, your way back in, um, uh, try not to go against the current. Uh, that's probably the best thing you can do. Um, other than that, just prevention is one of the easiest things. Okay. Um, do all of our beaches here have lifeguards? Uh, they do not. There are signs for the beaches that are guarded, and most of those are near the public beach access areas. If you happen to go to the beach uh, from an area that's, that's not really a public beach access, there, there should be signs that say no lifeguard on duty. Um, it's pretty much well marked. Uh, so there are lots of places that you can get to, uh, to the ocean that are not lifeguarded, uh, but most of our public beach access are. Are, are guarded? Correct. Yes. Um, do a lot of your drownings happen or a lot of your rescues occur during those lifeguarding hours? Uh, so lifeguarding is, is about prevention. 
And so a lot of the, uh, the drownings do not occur or the, uh, because, you know, they become rescues or assists as what they call. Right. So you can, it, you can assist it and then you can rescue somebody, uh, after that, unfortunately becomes drownings or, or recoveries. And so a lot of times it's, uh, later in the evenings, um, or, during the times that aren't guarded uh, or the areas that aren't guarded. So unfortunately you can't have lifeguards everywhere, you know, at all times. And so uh, a lot of times when people get in trouble and there are no lifeguards, then uh, that's when they call us or, uh, you know, unfortunately there's no one there to help. Okay. Um, What else can you tell us about our beach or our area if we're visiting from out of town? Uh, So as far as the, uh, the Golden Isles, uh, because of the rivers, we have what's called long shore currents. And so pretty much 50% of our beaches are, are at an angle into the water. And so it's, you're pretty much in the, in the ocean, but it's a river. And so if you ever go to the river and you're set up your camp area, you know that the water's moving potentially from left to right at all times. Uh, unfortunately in our area with the tides, you may have set up your, your area on the beach and your kids are playing in it and the tide may be going left to right, but then, you know, within three or four hours, the tide's going to change and go from right to left. And so for our beaches, the most important thing to think about is you're in a river. And so the river is either, the water's either taking you up river or it's taking you offshore. And so unlike most beaches that have rip currents, which is where all the water comes into the beach, and then it forms a small channel where the water has to go back out offshore, you'd want to go left or right out of the rip current. For us, that's not how it works. When the tide is going out, all of our water is moving offshore as well as going up, um, to, up like to the north. And so you pretty much would want to come straight back into the beach, which is completely opposite of rip currents. And so when the tide is coming in, all of the water is going up into the river or it's coming south, which would take it down towards the pier area. And so for that area, also, you'd want to come back into shore. So unfortunately, our area is way different than a lot of your other beaches, which you would have rip currents. and You'd want to travel parallel to the beach to get out of rip current. That way you can come in shore. For ours, you'd want to come straight back to the beach. So you have to think about our beaches as rivers more so than an ocean. Okay. So I'm just going to ask some questions that I've had other people say in passing. And um, just, just from your standpoint um, with the background you gave me, I just want you to tell me however you would respond. So a lot of times people come to the beach and they say, we're not going to go over there where the lifeguard is. Let's go over here to the beach where there is no lifeguard. Um, how do you feel on that? What do you, what would you say to those people? Um, well, it would, it, you know, it's one of those you're taking your, your, uh, you and your family and putting them at risk, uh, unless you're really good swimmers. So right. uh, a lot of times the lifeguarded areas are much, cr- much more crowded and people want to go in an area that that's, you know, a little bit more secluded or doesn't have as many people. That's sort of a, just a double-edged sword. Um, you know, a lot of people, you just have to pay attention to your children you know, pay attention to your area. Uh, once again, you're not going to want to go into somewhere that you're not um, prepared for, learn how to swim, things like that. So obviously you would have to tell them that it is their choice to go out of the guarded area, but that is sort of putting yourself at risk. 
Okay. Um, another one that I've heard a lot is um, here, uh, our locals, they'll see our sign and it tells you warning, there's a, a sandbar, don't try to swim to it. But um, if it's low tide, and I can see the sandbar, it's safe if I make my way out there. Uh, why, why would you advise against that? Um, well, obviously, you can tell people the risks and you can tell them what's going to happen. Um, but people aren't going to read signs all the time and people aren't going to listen to you uh, for what you have to say. And so that's when prevention comes into play. Um, you know, you have to as, as a lifeguard or somebody that might on the, be on the beach and be sort of in charge, you're just going to have to go out and, and bring them in prior to um, the sandbar getting covered up. Um, you know, as a fireman, we, you know, we can, we usually don't prevent things from happening. We get called when stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a lifeguard, you obviously get an opportunity to watch things happening. And then, mm-hmm. so you can go out there and try to prevent that, uh, right before it happens. So, but you know, human nature is to do things that, uh, we're not supposed to do or mm-hmm. they're sort of ill-advised. Um, but you know, people are going to do it. We just have to be prepared with our training and our equipment, um, to handle the situations when it does happen. So we're probably not going to make it there and back before the waters change here, or, or we're going to underestimate how far the swim may be to the sandbar. Okay. Um, another one we hear a lot is, um, why don't they teach us how to swim at the beach? Do you, (laughs) do you know why we have our swimming lessons in the pool and not out, um, in the ocean where we, where we need it? Uh, I really don't know that. I don't know the answer. Um, I think that uh, it, it definitely be a good a good thing to do is to teach people how to swim in the, in the ocean. Obviously, uh, you know, with anything, it, it comes down to uh, where are the people. You know, how are you going to train them? Um, mm-hmm. You know, what's the best opportunity? Uh, pools are more of a controlled environment, so it's probably easier to, to teach there. And uh, I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. Um, when I get asked, I tell them that the, you know, the pool's a safe environment. So for a beginner, uh, we can control the environment, the ocean, the ocean's living. Um, but because we have the time, I know they're going to ask. So can you tell us a little bit about your training? When you guys do training, do you, do you do it at the ocean? Um, do you Uh, get the hands on there? We do a lot of our, um, our off season training, just making sure that we we're we're swimming and keep ourselves uh, physically fit for what we're doing. Um, our, our season starts in January and ends in December. Um, people are going to go in the water uh, every single year. I've had at least two saves in January, whether it be, um, you know, recently we had a kite border that that kind of got uh, lost his, his kite and this stuff. And he got swept up into the river and had to save them. It wasn't a, an imminent danger situation, but it, it possibly could be. Uh, so we train. You know, uh, we, we swim in the water a good bit. We, uh, we have a boat that we take out. Um, we train in the boat and, uh, you know, just try to stay physically fit as well as just be prepared for all the conditions. We try, I try to go out as well as everybody else on the team and, and just notice the conditions, see how the sand sandbars are changing, see how the inlets are changing because our beaches are very live and they change every season. Every time we get a nor'easter, which is uh, some high winds from the northeast or hurricanes that, that get kind of close, it will change the, the waters out there. It'll change the um, the way that the tides run through, the tide uh, tidal pools and things of that nature. So you just have to kind of go out there, you know, every now and then and just keep up on what's happening. Okay. Um, so you mentioned out there in January. So your beaches are lifeguarded, I'm assuming Memorial day to labor day, 
but you guys make rescues year round as the water safety team? So the lifeguarding, I think they actually start, um, I think they start this weekend. They'll actually okay. have, and so they'll start doing some weekends prior to just because it's spring break for a lot of people. And so the lifeguards will actually start going out on the weekends. And then I think that, um, I'm not sure the date, but it, very soon, I think they'll start doing um, full guarding, but definitely, definitely Memorial Day to Labor Day. So the beaches are guarded all summer for residents and visitors that come into the island. Right. The water's warm enough that uh, visitors <laughs> could swim all year round or at least enjoy water sports. Uh, our, our, beach, our waters are definitely uh, people swimming them year round. Correct. Yeah. Um, is there um, anything else you wanted to add or share um, while we still have the time? Um, well, you know, it's one of those things that uh you definitely want this to, to be a paradise for vacationing and you definitely want to don't want to paint a, uh, a grim picture right. of the hat, things like that. But um, the main thing is just uh, just education, you know, just knowing the area that you're going to or asking questions, um, preparing your family, uh, especially your children for whatever you're going to do. Um, you know, I mean, it, you, you probably, people take their kids skiing all the time. And the first thing they do is, is when they get there is give them ski lessons. For some reason, when we go to the beaches, we don't, uh, you know, get there and teach our kids how to swim. Um, but you can't prevent all things from happening. You can you can just get better at them or just, you know, increase your education level uh, with whatever, you know, endeavor you're going to do. So I would say teach your, teach kids to swim as early as possible. Um, I did want to mention the tide pods or the tide pools, I guess is what we call them. They're, sure. They look shallow, but sometimes I've noticed sometimes they're they're very deep. Um, does that Correct. change every year? And I guess we can ask our guards yep. how deep yep. that water is. You can't tell by looking at it. Exactly. So our area, uh, our water, people would say our water's dirty, but it really isn't. It's just the, um, the sediment that comes down from the rivers as well as the, uh, the marshes. Mm -hmm. And so it will be dark and you will not be able to see the depth of the water, which is one of the hazards. And since our waters do travel so fast, um, it will change the depth. And so you will go from, you know, six inches to two feet to all of a sudden you're in six feet of water. So, and, and the tide pools, they do change because of the, the moving sand on the beaches uh, with the wind. And um, sometimes those will erode out. And then when the tide comes in, it'll fill those with water. So yes, you know, you, you pretty much have to believe that any depth of water could be, you know, six, eight feet deep, but yes, if you, if you see lifeguards, definitely go ask them what things, you know, where the best place to go, what's the conditions of this area. Um, I'm more than happy to help out. Okay. All right. Well, I don't have any other questions. Um, how sure. can our guests reach you if they're, if they're local or if they're visiting? Um, can they find you? Do you want to um, tell sure. us where you work yeah. or um, um, but, uh, how they I can find you? two on the island. Um, our number is 912-554-4102. Um, we're, you know, always, always up for answering questions. If you have questions, you can stop by the station and ask. Um, you know, we're, we're there for, we're there for the people. Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today for International Water Safety Day. Um, That's right. This is Todd Thompson. He's one of our local firemen and he's on the water safety team. And this is Navigating Neva. We are signing off. Thank you guys for listening today. You can follow us on Navigating Neva. And as always, have a happy and healthy 
summer. <laughs>